Stay on top of all meaningful top trending stories right here on SAFM. Leading the conversation. 19 minutes to 7. Good to hear from you this morning. You know the number 086-000-2032. Do you think we need uh, nuclear energy? Beaches and Etiquini problems there. We'll talk to the city of Cape Town about their beaches in about an hour from now. We'll talk also, of course, a little bit more about the Gauteng uh, uh, crime wardens. They've sort of been made peace officers. They now have the power to arrest, to carry a gun, etc. I wonder if you have a view on that. Maybe you welcome it. Maybe you think it's asking for trouble. I don't know. You tell me. Uh, the ANC youth lead say, it wants President Cyril Ramaphosa to remove both the Higher Education Minister, Dr. Bladen Zamande, and the Public Enterprises, Mr. Pravin Gordon, from Cabinet. The Youth League saying Zamande is ineffective. I think the phrase they said was that it was he was leading higher education down the drain. The League also claims, without evidence, that Gordon is deliberately weakening, weakening state-owned entities so they can be privatised. The leader of the ANC Youth League is Colin Malachi. Colin, good morning. Thank you for your time this morning. Morning, morning, sir. Why do you want Bladen's Thank you for the invite? Sure. Why do you want Bladen's Monday removed from cabinet? No, no. We're clear on, on two things. One is that uh, we want NEFSAS um, to be prioritised, and they were saying that uh, Minister Bladen's Monday and uh, the Treasury must not cut uh, the budget on NEFSAS because, uh, on top of the program that we have for free free universal education for all, part of the program. Part of the immediate intervention is NEFSAS. We're still resolving that problem now. When you cut a budget of NEFSAS on top of the problems that they have already, is a problem. One is that part of the we're saying that uh, Minister Plinzman must act urgently also to utilize the already intervention that they have of the CITAS to reskill the youth so that their skills are aligned with the economic activities of the country. Now, that's what we're saying is the institute league. Is the problem now we're further saying that failure to implement failure to implement those programs, then there's no need to have a minister who can implement programs that must resolve social economic challenges of South Africa. All right, I appreciate the clarity. Thank you. But is the problem the person or is the problem the fact that there's no money? I mean, you could put someone else as Minister of Higher Education if you wanted, but NISFA still wouldn't have enough money. No part of government really has enough money. And isn't that the problem? No, no. When you have a problem like that, you reprioritize. You sit down and say, what is more important for my country move forward? Because you can't say that we're at a developmental state, but uh, where you have a problem of uh, a lot of young people who are identified as unskilled uh, to drive their own economy of their own country, especially after pronouncement of the youth league that want to reindustrialize uh, the South African economy, then you, you say the, the skills program must be postponed due to lack of funds. Okay. Uh, Minister Pravin Gordon, you claim he wants to privatise SOEs, um, that he's deliberately weakening Eskom and Transnet. And I have to say, Colin, I mean, um, if you look at the history of Pravin Gordon, I don't think you could say he's a friend of the private sector. What evidence do you have that he's weakening SOEs deliberately? Look, I spoke about a department called Department of Public Enterprise, saying that uh, a lot of um, uh, state-owned entities uh, seem to not be performing. You know, uh, you see Tinel is underperforming. Uh, uh, you, you check uh, SAA went as far as uh, trying to get a clear private partnership. Uh, ESCOM is evidence that is uh, 
it's 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 it has not been performing for years. You know, uh, low shading and many other problems of uh, infrastructure maintenance, uh, corruption, and many other problems we faced with. Now, a lot of our Transnet, for example, you know, was one of the most performing uh, state-owned entities. You know, those are serious drivers of the economy. Uh, we're told not long ago that uh, goods are taking more days to enter South Africa, and most of this po- most of these businesses is now starting to move towards Mozambique because. It's more. It takes more time to do business in South Africa than anywhere else around the Southern Africa due to uh, the lack of effectiveness of the ports and many other areas. Now, the rail program. Now, I can count. Uh, you know, there's a lot of problems that, uh, on top of the problems we're faced with uh, uh, on our own, uh, the, the growth of the economy, we're still faced with problems of state-owned entities that are not effectively participating to resolve all of these problems. So, okay, I mean, that may be the case, but how would you fix it? It's a big problem, and it comes back to the same thing. Are you blaming the situation, or are you blaming the person? You seem to be blaming the person. I mean, what, what, what could be done differently at something like Eskimo or Transnet? Okay, look, one is that uh, when you are... Let me just clarify one thing, because I can see there's an obsession around uh, Minister Pravin Kordan. Uh, let me clarify this matter. It's not about him, it's about the department. Uh, he's the employee of the department. Uh, uh, as a employee of the NC, every time there's a problem in the department, we blame our employees because we deploy them there to take full responsibility of everything that is happening in that department. Now, I, if, if there, even if there was another minister department, if there was no performance, we will still blame that minister because those are the people that we hold accountable because uh, they're deployed by the party. I feel that I must clarify that issue so that it does not become like an obsession around an individual. One is that, uh, look, uh, there were poor decision makings in these departments. One thing that uh, they must be fixed. Uh, CEOs have been resigning every day uh, in all of this department. There's an issue of management. On top of the problem they're faced with, there's a management problem. I can give you an example. Transnet, where it is now, it does not have senior management. You know, uh, how to have a, 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 an entity with such a problem? not even having a senior management. ESCOM, for example, took so long to appoint a CEO, uh, a department that uh, deals with the NA security in South Africa. Uh, an entity, I mean, that is NA security in South Africa. I'm saying that on top of the problem of facing, the leadership problem is a problem in all of these entities that must urgently be resolved. Do you think Minister Gordon is interfering too much? Is that why there are problems with a CEO at ESCOM and the leadership at Transnet? Look, it does not matter much what, it does. what we want. We want him to act politically and play clear political oversight. Uh, what we want is implementation. What we want, we want to see CEOs, we want to see departments working. Uh, whether rumors are saying intervenes or not, what the, what the ANC you click wants is results. We want work being done because there is no one that will invest in an economy that can even protect basic things of uh, logistics, you know. We have a lot of trucks running around the roads now. Unlike before, we need them back on the railway. We need the railways to function again. You know, that's what we want. Uh, whether they say over-intervenes or it doesn't over-intervenes, that is their issue. They must bring us the evidence forward. We want to see work being done. You are measured on the work done in those entities. Um, you saw last week Mavuso Mzamang resigning from the ANC, and he had been a member for over 60 years. We heard from him on SAFM Sunrise, and he's clearly very upset at the situation in the party. He said that corruption runs through its DNA, or is intertwined now uh, with its DNA. 
How do you respond to that? I mean, clearly, this is someone who knows the ANC better than almost anyone. His father was at the founding of the ANC. And he says your organization has become corrupt. The ANC was formed in 1912. Uh, all of us now in the ANC, we've inherited this organization. We joined this organization voluntarily. Uh, we, we don't want people to have a hangover that uh, because they were there in the in the 60s and the, in the 70s and the 80s, automatically they've got a monopoly over what must happen to the ANC. They need to accept that there's a new generation in the ANC. They had their time to lead. What they must do now is to provide guidance, the wisdom and experience that they have. And when you are unhappy with a political organization uh, that you used to believe in in the past, you don't um, go all over the media and create some uh, hype around it. You, you, you engage the organization. If you're not convinced, you don't renew the membership or you cancel the membership and stay at home. I don't think at 82 years, why would you want to leave a party at 82 years and attempt to join other parties? You can just stay at home. And provide guidance where you feel is necessary if your advice are not taken uh, it's something else now we have a veterans league its role is to play that role and he's a former deputy president of uh, that organization now uh, we don't know what informs these decisions and these movements uh, we hope that is not part of a, a plot to buy uh, the corporate uh, to take the NC out of power. But Colin, there's absolutely no evidence or hint from Mavusum Zamang of any involvement of a corporate to take the ANC out of power. All he said was that he's absolutely upset with what the movement is doing. I know Fakile Mbalula made claims over the weekend that this was part of a plot, that he was going to join another party. Mavusum Zamang has told him he needs to retract that. It's defamatory. Um, there's no evidence of that. The fact is that I think you could easily say, I think many people may believe that Mavusum Zamang, try, Zamang tried everything he could to change the course of the ANC. It's the ANC not listening, not him. No, I, I, I think, let's, let's correct one thing. I've never said Mavusum is going to join another part. I've said that I hope he's not part of a, a corporate plot to take the ANC out of power. That's what I said. And I feel I must clarify that because it is a corporate plot. Uh, to take the NC out of power, they've even went and fetch their people from corporate who are never who are not politicians to come and contest the political space. Now, our, the, the issues of uh, uh, him joining another party or not is something else. I'm saying I have an issue with him creating a hype around it mm-hmm. when he's part of the leadership. He's a second president of uh, Veterans League. Uh, he's got access to leadership of the NC. He has served. I'm saying they must now support an elected leadership led by Sir Ramaphosa. And, and Balula, uh, SG of the ANC, because they had their time to lead the ANC. They had their weaknesses during their time and their strengths. Okay. The key, the key, one of the key reasons he resigned is that the National Executive Committee of the ANC has not acted against the, I think it's 95 people in the ANC who were implicated in corruption by the Zondo Commission, and they haven't stepped aside, they haven't gone to the Integrity Committee. Do you believe, as the ANC Youth League, that the NEC of the ANC must act against those 95 people implicated in corruption by the Zondo Commission? There is a process set by the ANC and the Conference of Revolutions that those who are charged of corruption must step aside. It's an automatic thing. Immediately, you are charged of wrongdoing, you step aside. Now, those that are still being investigated, uh, there is a State Capital Commission report that has been uh, published, uh, which uh, Judge Zondo had said that the state institutions 
responsible for investigation must start the process of investigating. And when they are done, obviously, those that are found wanting will be charged. So automatically step aside. That's how it works. And we need to protect also their democratic rights. Now, also, there is an interdictive committee of the ANC. Now, if there are those that feel or no, uh, uh, my name is highly damaged on the matter, uh, morally, I don't feel that I must continue the ANC. They will do that voluntarily. But for now, the party can't force them to do that because we need to protect their rights. Well, but that's not what the uh, NEC of, said. The NEC of, said of, that people, the NEC said that people against whom findings were made by the Zondo Commission must go to the Integrity Committee, and they haven't, which means that 95 people in the ANC have defied an NEC decision. No, they won't go to Integrity Committee because many have went. Uh, I don't know where you get that information, but, but I know of many that have went into the Integrity Committee and others are still going. You, you can't defy the integrity committee. You need to go and present yourself when there's allegations against you. We all do that if there's allegations against us. Uh, I don't know where you get that information, but I know the integrity committee has got a report on that. Well, that information is publicly available. The ANC Veterans League has made this point many times. Um, you know, you can, you can try it. I don't think you can argue against this because we know, for example, that Numvula Mukanyani, the second deputy secretary, the second deputy secretary general of the ANC, first deputy secretary general of the ANC, didn't go to the integrity committee, but Greta Mantashe did. There's definitely a large number of people in the ANC against whom findings were made by the Zondo Commission who didn't go to the Integrity Committee, and the NEC has told them to and then done nothing. And this goes back about a year now. I can tell you now, anyone who defies the ANC will be accountable. There's no one who the NEC can say, go to the Integrity Committee, does not go. Now, that's what I'm saying, that I'm not for a fact that most of them have went there, and those that have not went there will act on them. Now, there's no way that the highest decision-making point in conferences can take a decision that go to integrity committee and they don't go. Colin Malachi, thank you. We'll leave it there. Leader of the ANC Youth League.